Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. My name is Ken Edwards with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting to my left today is the greatest carpenter that I know. <laughs> That's all right. And that is Phil Davidson. Um, sitting in for Ed Meyer today, Phil is with the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council. Thanks for sitting in for Ed today, Phil. My pleasure. You were here for me for a while, and you guys uh, played Where's Ken, and that was funny. Ha ha. And so, where's Ed today? Uh, he's he's one-upping you. He's he certainly is, Mister like international traveler. I think jet setter. Yeah. yeah, I think he may be in Mexico. If yes, you, that's how you say it. Let's hope he doesn't get Montezuma's revenge <laughs> on the plane on the way home. <laughs> he's hope got a strong having... constitution, though. I don't yeah, worry well, about he's him. A, he's a big boy. There's um, no there's no where's Phil because. The far as I go is pretty much Sheboygan, so, yeah. Yeah, you never really hear where's Phil. <laughs> no, no. Just keeping it real on the northwest side. <laughs> well, you you're work for the Carpenters, and they don't let you really leave like a 30-mile radius. No, nope. right? I, I am devoted to the job. I know you are. So, um, big, big, obviously, weekend, Phil, right? It's Labor Day This weekend. is our Super Bowl. This is our Super Bowl, a working people's Super Bowl. And um, any plans for you for tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I will be celebrating with friends and family, but we will be observing all of the sacrifices made by the labor community. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, how about yourself? Um, you know, I was saying probably have a barbecue, uh, you know, like literally just going to relax because work has been brutal. Um, so I really could use a, it's nice to have a three day weekend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So, um, this, 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 uh, son says to his father, he says, Hey dad, what class are we? And the father says, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, are we middle class? Are we upper class? Are we lower class? And the father says to him, we're working class. All those other terms were created by the rich to divide us. And I like that. I like that a lot. I thought that was pretty cool. And this this weekend. That should be a proverb. It should be a proverb. Yeah, maybe it is a proverb. I don't know. And And this weekend, you know, people have to recognize, and I think you're starting to see this, um, there was a, a recent Gallup poll, Phil, that had once again unions like not only you know crazy supermajority people favored unions, but this one took it even further and said that the people now wanted to have unions have more power, and I think they're starting to realize that wait a second, the wealthy might not have our best interests in in heart, you know. I hate to break it to you, but yeah, sometimes <laughs> it takes. Several hundred years to have that message at <laughs> yeah. home, but yeah. It's... So yeah, after, uh, what is it, 200 plus years of labor days, yeah. people are starting to realize, like, wait a second, maybe unions are a good thing and we should give them Dude, more power, this is, not less. Uh, this is the summer of labor, man. Yeah, summer of George. Uh, summer I, of labor. I think that's right. So um, I wanted to uh, do a test run with you to see what labor might look like in the future. Oh, okay. So um, I'm going to be a computer and uh, you're going to be the human. And I want you to engage me in, in terms of labor, like so. You're labor. you're you're Chat GPT, but you're you're yeah. the Kenbot. Kenbot is good. okay. Yeah. All right, Kenbot. And uh, we give I give credit where credits due to Jude from uh, Da Vinci Street Productions who came up with Kenbot. Oh, pretty yes, fu- pretty funny. Very congratulations. Very, very clever. You just got your first shout out. Yep. Yeah. Don't let it go to your head. He's a true creative. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'm Kenbot. Ask me what what's Labor Day. Kenbot. Yes. What is Labor Day? Yes. Uh, Labor Day has not occurred yet. Kenbot, I'm not sure that's correct. Can you elaborate? Yes. Labor Day will be actually, uh, will start when us robots take over all of your human jobs. 
<laughs> Ken Bot, stop. This is <laughs> this is harrowing. Does that sound good? Doesn't sound good at all. That sounds like a you problem. Anyway, that's the future of labor and AI. Uh, that was uh, that was an original uh, round of applause. Thanks, thank you so much. That, thank you. Yeah, that is the good. workers' mic players, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope you understand my point. Is that you know let's let's fi- finish this fight with AI actors and teamsters and UAW and writers. Let's end this fight and let's not let AI which is the new um, immigrant, if you will, yep. you know, take our jobs. But I think this threat is actually real. And, you know, I, I just, I was listening to... I mean, we that. joke, that actually is a plausible scenario. It's an absolute plausible <laughs> scenario. It, it because really you're, is. you're watching, uh, I, I heard this morning, and we're going to take a quick break after this, we have um, Bob Bruno coming in. To, uh, the best. Professor Bob Bruno is just the smartest guy in the world um, to talk about the origins of Labor Day and maybe some other things that we can get to stay on. But I was listening to the radio on the way in, and guess guess what? DePaul University is opening up a major in artificial intelligence. Right? Really? Yeah. Where do you think that's going to go? I mean, come on. Like, we're literally creating our own demise. So let's let's stop that. Um, and and we're looking to the unions to help us stop that. So, really, do mean it? Like writers, you know, et cetera, um, SAG after. Let's 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 uh, end end that discussion. Yeah, they're the most high profile victim right. of all this right now. But we, as we know, it is it going to be touch truck drivers. Yes. There's uh, there's um, driverless cars now uh, in San Francisco that are going to replace Uber drivers, yeah, right? Right. And Uber drivers are like, oh, Uber drivers are replacing taxi drivers. Well, now AI is going to replace Uber drivers. So yes. it's just, it's just, uh, once again, a, a race to the bottom. So unions need to step up. We do need to have more power, to be blunt with you. And we can stop things like this, um, given the right set of tools. So we're going to take a quick break. Yep. And then we're going to be back um, with Professor Bob Bruno right here on the Workers' Mic 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back to the Workers' Mic on 720 WGN. I'm Phil Davidson with the Mid-American Carpenters Union, and here with me, as always, is Ken Edwards from the Midwest Coalition of Labor. And we have a special guest here for our Labor Day edition. We have Professor Bob Bruno from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. He is a professor of labor history. Welcome, Bob. Welcome, Bob. Hey, thank you, folks. It's a real pleasure to be back uh, on the program. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah, we appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Um, obviously, this is our holiday, right? Yes. This is a workers' yeah. holiday. and The WWF has WrestleMania. Labor people have Labor Day. Finally. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, maybe, maybe this year it's not just about barbecuing anymore. Maybe people are actually starting to realize that Labor Day actually means labor and working issues and people. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah. not, it's not just about the beer and hot dogs. I think you're right. I think people are thinking twice and recognizing the importance of this day and what uh, was all fought for on their behalf. So, Bob, we were just talking uh, in, in the segment before. Um, and it's OK if I call you Bob. It certainly is. Thank you. I appreciate it. So we were just talking about there's a Gallup poll that just came out, Bob, that says not only, obviously, unions are on the upswing in terms of popularity, and you're seeing more strikes, and you're seeing more organizing and things of that nature, but now people are taking it to its next sort of logical conclusion and saying that they think that unions should have more power, right? And that's I think that's just an amazing jump, but all of a sudden, people are starting to wake up and realize that maybe corporations are just not 
you know, there for the worker bee. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is a, uh, that is a very important uh, finding because it's not just then an expression of how you feel. Um, but you, if you're suggesting that this institution, that the labor movement should have more power, you're talking about you, you want to affect policy and, right. and you want to see laws passed and you want to elect people that are going to be uh, supportive. And, and that there's a sophistication. There's no, uh, there's uh, no question like about it. it. Yep. And it's, it's funny. This uh, Sean Fain from the UAW said, uh, amongst other really colorful things, I, I love this guy. He said that every billionaire is a policy failure. And he doesn't think they should exist. I thought that was fascinating that this guy came out and said that. And that's, you know, United Auto Workers. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I can't tell you, billionaire, and, and made it a policy argument. I, I thought that was pretty uh, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, well, that's the appropriate next step uh, uh, to take. You want to see this operationalized in society and speaking to power. Uh, is is essential. I think that's yeah. right. I think that's right. So let's take a quick step back, if you don't mind, um, and and tell us, you know, f- from your understanding, because I know there is dispute happened a long time ago. But what are the origins of Labor Day? Right. Uh, so most historians will point to some actions that were taken uh, in the early 1880s um, by central labor councils uh, uh, around the country. Uh, to promote the uh, interest of workers, uh, there was a lot of um, uh, there was a lot of, of, of labor disturbances. There was some significant strikes. They involved uh, a lot of uh, arrest of union workers and union leaders. It involved the, the, the use of a lot of violence committed uh, by the state. It involved, involved you know, the national guard involved uh, state. Uh, uh, troopers involved, uh, the military. Um, and so there's lots of disturbances in the late 1870s, 1880s, real uh, uh, difficult uh, 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 labor battles that are happening, um, uh, frankly, across the country. Uh, and, uh, and, and so some labor leaders uh, uh, promoted uh, the, the idea that there, there needs to be a day that really does acknowledge the role of the labor movement, but, but not simply in a celebratory way, but to talk about power, to talk about the issues that working people have, and to try to galvanize uh, the general public. So the New York Central Labor Council in 1882 um, uh, held a Labor Day parade and promoted uh, a day of labor uh, in New York City. Um, and then in the latter part of the 1800s, a number of states actually passed their own legislation. Uh, roughly 27 states, I believe, passed their own laws to acknowledge uh, uh, working people. But it wasn't until 1894 uh, that we finally got a federal law. And that was the, the, the uh, product of what was an ongoing serious national railroad strike that started right here in Chicago. That's right. Uh, in South Chicago, in Pullman. Yeah. Uh, Pullman, yeah. So that was uh, Grover Cleveland, yes? That was President Grover Cleveland. And, and, and actually, the, the legislation that's passed uh, really is very transparent in that it, it, it speaks to holding a day uh, that will uh, uh, allow, uh, allow working people uh, to feel as if they're being properly respected and honored, but, but mostly as a way to sort of tamp down the degree of grievance and anger that they were feeling from 
uh, from being exploited in different industries in different parts of the country. So it was kind of a salve that was put on a wound. Um, and throwing in the them United a bone. States, it, yeah. yeah, throwing them a bone, if you will. Right, <laughs> trying to um, uh, tap down this organizing drive, um, but not really addressing grievances, not really addressing the power uh, imbalance. Um, um, and, and, and in fact, the day that we choose, uh, coming up here and uh, first Monday in September is chosen uh, to avoid aligning the celebration of workers in this country uh, with an international movement around worker rights that is celebrated on May 1. May Day. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right? May Day. Uh, and that, of course, has a connection to Chicago, too. Yeah, the Haymarket That's an Affair. Of the Haymarket, right? So it all comes back to Chicago. It all does come back to Chicago. (laughs) Everything does. We position this this Labor Day really as a uh, as a way to kind of distract the 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 community, the the general public, uh, the vast majority who are workers, to kind of distract them away from serious economic issues and serious political issues, not to connect them with any sort of larger, you know, raising of consciousness, uh, but uh, to, to mostly limit it. I didn't know. I didn't. You know what? I didn't know that. So, so you're saying? I don't mean to interrupt you, but you're saying it wasn't necessarily all altruistic. Uh, no, uh, it, it, it certainly wasn't. I mean, uh, you know, in that latter part of the uh, uh, 1800s, you know, w- workers are working ten, sixteen hours yeah. a day, seven days a week. Children under five and six, incredibly, you know, uh, dangerous working conditions and and low pay. Coming back to Arkansas as well. What's that? that, um, Those conditions are coming back to Arkansas now as well. Those conditions are coming back to Iowa. (laughs) And, you know, a bunch of states are, you know, screaming backwards in that regard, Bob. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, by the way, those states are also states that have promoted right-to-work laws. Of course. They've limited what you can bargain. Um, So by that latter part of the, you know, 1880s, early 1890s, you've got hundreds and thousands of workers who are on strike, who are calling for some kind of, uh, of, of collective power. Um, and the response that we get really is this idea of, 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 of a holiday, as a kind of celebration uh, of the loyal and faithful citizen. That's actually uh, so in, the, uh, in, in the language that supports the legislation. And it's an attempt to sort of forget that we hung four people at Haymarket. And that over and that a couple of thousand workers had been killed in these labor disturbances, and hundreds of thousands, um, you know, had had been involved in serious conflicts, and thousands had been uh, uh, arrested. Uh, and so, it was important to disconnect the That's celebration really of worker rights in this country. I have no idea. It's uh, like, all right, we know about all those hers. Here, go drink some beer and eat some hot dogs. Everything's okay. It's, yeah. like, it's, like when the employ- it's like when the employer throws you a pizza party and says, we really value your uh, yeah, right. your work, and here is uh, pizza. Wow. Yeah. I, I, Bob, and, I, didn't know, I didn't know this. Yeah. And, and what it, really what it raises is, should we be celebrating Labor Day um, as 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 a holiday, which is a day largely of of of, of celebrating the role. And by the way, it should be more than just the role of workers. We should be talking about how workers, you know, mostly are empowered. We should be celebrating the role of the labor movement and labor unions. 
Or is it a day in which labor can uh, express its, you know, its demands, its, 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 its rights to lift all workers up? So yeah. should it be a day that expresses resistance? Flex our muscle. Well, that is the way it's, resistance is the way it's celebrated almost everywhere else including Indonesia, Kenya, Greece, Turkey. Like, right? um, you, mean May, you mean May Day? Well, that's right. They celebrate May Day that way. Right. But we celebrate our day of, of respect for workers as more as a kickback, and it's a holiday uh, in which we don't, we don't see it as a day that, that organizes workers, that lifts workers up, that pursues power. And that's because it really is, our Labor Day is disengaged from May Day, which is celebrated around the country, around the world. And, and this is intentional, right? This is an intentional policy. So, yes, we should celebrate it. We should be proud. We should, you know, in, in a big-time way, raise Labor's flag. Uh, but at the same time, recognize that it, we, we need more uh, than uh, a day of remembrance. We need days that help build up resistance because when labor resists we get the worker rights amendment we overturn right to work in michigan we raise salaries that's right we yeah. make it possible for working people to buy homes and send their kids to college right yeah that's right you can't that's, rest on your laurels yeah that's interesting this, these are really good points i did not know to be honest with you that that was just a, a little bone to keep us quiet yeah you know i just i thought it was more altruistic and so i just learned something so i I appreciate that. Would you stick around for a quick second for the next segment? And I want to ask you a couple of quick questions about a, a case that just came down called the CMEX case. I'm sure I'm butchering ah. it. National Labor Relations Board. Would you stick around for that? I, I would love to. Sure. Thank, thank, thank you, you so much. Listen, you, we're talking to Professor Bob Bruno right now uh, about the origins of Labor Day. Really interesting. I didn't know this, and I'm, I'm glad I learned it. We're going to be uh, right back. He's going to stick around. We're going to talk about this really interesting case that just came down from National Labor Board right here on 720 WGN, the Workers' Mic. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. I am Ken from the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting to my left is Phil, and we are still lucky to have uh, Professor Bob Bruno on the phone with us. Bob, thanks for sticking around. It's my pleasure. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, this is a a big deal. I really, honestly, I just said off the air, like, I got to take Bob's class because I literally didn't know what you just said. And had I had a labor professor that taught me that i you know i would have known and I, I i just didn't so let's go back to school you and i you want to go back to school we can pass for undergrads like rodney dangerfield yeah, yeah. Back, now back we're talking time. yeah that's a great movie to our gen z audience <laughs> just you just showed your age yeah <laughs> let's go back it's to a triple lindy <laughs> good one <laughs> i love it you know sam kennison was in that movie he was yeah and so was burt young I, who's that uh paulie from rocky Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, how do you like that? He was his bodyguard. I'm learning all sorts of things today. Mm-hmm. Some of it, some of it useless. Yep. And some of it important. This is what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Bob, I, we want to talk briefly. There's a case came down from the National Labor Relations Board, and I'm going to butcher the name, but it's called CMEX. I think is how you pronounce the name of the company, and it, it is. Um, we we touched on it for a, a quick second last uh, last week, but it is 
close to card check, but but not exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, Bob, mm-hmm. just for the audience, what's card check? Oh, what most of you listeners probably don't appreciate uh, is that under current law, uh, uh, the the National Labor Relations Act, under current law, um, workers uh, could by simply a majority of workers signing some sort of petition or some card saying they would like to be represented by Union X by simply presenting that to their employer, the employer could recognize the union. Right. There's no there's, there, there's, there's no prohibition of sending in a sheet of paper that says uh, ten, eight out of ten of us want to be in you know, Union X, and the employer can go, absolutely, come on in. And the employer, right. that's right? correct. Okay. However, the law gives, strangely, uh, what is supposed to be a decision uh, that is wholly within the confines of the workers to decide. The law also allows the employer to pick how the workers can get unionized. So an employer could just accept the petition and there you go, start bargaining a contract or the employer can reject the petition and say, no, I want an election right. and the workers are forced to follow the the election path. So that's in the current law. So CMEX came and there was a, there was a doctrine called Joy Silk. Um, it didn't go as, f- uh, as far as that, but what it did do was, was say this, when a union demands recognition, uh, with the majority of employees sign cards or however they do it, um, the employer has two choices. And one is exactly what you said. The the employer can say, okay, we recognize you. Come on in. Let's start bargaining. Or Which happens what? Never. Zero percent of the time? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say zero percent <laughs> of the time. <laughs> or, yeah, just ask uh, Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. um, or the employer uh, can file what's called an RM petition, um, which is, I don't even know what that stands for, Bob, but to file its own petition to say, you know, I don't know, I, even though every single one of my employees signed a card, I don't really think that you guys want to join this union. Yeah, we're questioning the results. Right? And so that's their choice now. Recount. Right? And what do you think right. happens during that time frame between the time the employer files the petition and the time the election happens? Non-stop yeah. well, union yeah. busting. Intimidation. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's yeah. literally, literally a way for the employer to game the system and now hold captive audience meetings and put anti-union literature out and potentially commit unfair labor practice charges. And if and when now the law has changed again, if the employer commits unfair labor practice charges uh, during the pendency of that election, the National Labor Relations Board, instead of rerunning the election, forces the employer now to sit down and bargain and recognize the union, right? I mean, that's that's the thrust of this case. That, that's correct. So as, as you correctly know, it, it's not a, uh, a full uh, card check uh, option. Uh, it, it doesn't quite balance, if you will, or, or shift as it should properly the, the ultimate decision to the workers. But in a case where unfair labor practices are committed by the employer, it, it now creates the very real possibility uh, that uh, an election won't be necessary, and the petition, which is a, but which, by the way, is a vote. It is a of course, of, of course, it is. And, and as you know, Bob, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but Illinois in the public sector has card check. And you know, yeah. uh, where I came from at Local 150, once we got card check, we stopped having elections. End of discussion. Here's the cards. That's your vote. Voila, away we go. Let's bargain. Yeah. And, and plenty of research done by myself and others have, have indicated that if you create a structure for allowing people to vote, uh, to express their will 
free of any kind of intimidation or challenge in the way that we should uh, and largely do uh, run civic elections. When you do this, uh, lo and behold, workers choose to be unionized uh, more often than not. And you get higher rates of unionization, which is, of course, an expression of the will of the worker, and it should be the worker's choice. So this is returning a level of sovereignty to the workers so that their will is expressed. And that is a better, a better, if you will, assessment of how popular unions are uh, amongst working people um, uh, when you give act, when you actually return the power to the workers who would most be uh, affected. So this decision could have real, uh, you know, could have real bite. Uh, in shifting it's some huge. power, where yeah. it ought to be. Yeah, and, and it, I think, it includes some of the provisions of the PRO Act, right? So this is this, basically yeah, this, through the NLRB uh, is actually going after and in, in codifying some of the things that were being fought for in the PRO Act that just can't get anywhere in Congress. That's right. One yeah. of them was card check, but yeah. the, the NLRB is giving it a shot. Now, yeah. I immediately read something on um, a union-busting uh, website. I'm not going to even give credence to, to mention who it was, but it said, you know, strong dissent calls out the majority for overreach and overruling Supreme Court and federal court precedent and likely resulting in a proliferation of litigation. Now, who loves proliferation? proliferation <laughs> whatever <laughs> who who likes lots of litigation lawyers yes <laughs> yeah, and i'm a lawyer <laughs> you, know, like, so it's, it's, you, you know what's going to happen bob is going to get tied up in court for a million years and you know whatever and i have another question for you bob let's say so so there are already like there already exists bargaining orders right gissel is is one of them there are. Yeah. right and the employer does things so egregiously you know during the campaign that the 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 labor board says we can never have a fair election here right you just got to sit down and bargain so it, it kind of already exists but that being said so let's play this tape all the way through bob you know the union says hey employer i want to we want to join a you know so-and-so union we have 100 percent support the employer says i don't think you do and puts on this union busing campaign the unfair labor practice happen and now the board says okay sit down and bargain yeah what happens much like Starbucks or Amazon, yeah. when the employer just, just doesn't, doesn't ag- bargain, doesn't agree in the contract, or just, just doesn't sit, doesn't even get to the table. Yeah, Bob, what happens in yeah. that case? Yeah, well, you make a really good point, and there's a lot of frustrated um, uh, uh, worker uh, feelings and 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 uh, worker, if you will, expressions of support for unionization. Because even if you get to the point where the workers, the union is recognized. Um, the, the employer has really a lot of um, tools, really, under the law to, to, to delay bargaining. And in fact, you know, a year after the certification of, of a union, uh, a very small percentage of workers uh, have actually seen a union contract. And even two years out, it's still less than a majority of the workers who voted for a union have actually gotten a contract. So, you know, you're talking about two years or more. Uh, for the majority of those workers to um, uh, to, to actually operate under a, uh, a, their first collective bargaining agreement, uh, and the law simply you know only obligates the employer to bargain quote unquote uh, you know in good faith, which is a very subjective uh, uh, term. Very. Uh, we, it could be different. I mean, we could go a little bit further uh, with 
labor reforms. Canada, for example, in um, I believe in all of their provinces, uh, actually has something called first contract arbitration. So, so of if course, you go we, with we, year, we've, right? been ta- we've been talking about that for for months now here on the show. Illinois has it first contracts in the public sector. Illinois has it for all contracts in police and fire, right? Mm-hmm. Public safety. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we have that here. So that means it and goes automatically to arbitration. It, you can't get a contract within the first year. You go to arbitration, and Got the it. arbitrator will force a contract down your throat. One of the other, and it's winner take all on each issue. So it's not necessarily one side gets the whole contract. It can be you know union's uh, proposal on wages, right, Bob? It could be uh, employer's proposal on insurance, sure. et cetera. But yes, it's interstarb. So that it has an end date in sight. Yes, right now there's no end date, and you're exactly right, Bob. You know, we've always said, you know, and, and you you know, I come from obviously the organizing background at Local 150, and winning the election is the easy part. <laughs> Literally, I hate to say it, but everybody's like, yeah, rah, rah, this is going to be awesome, you know. That's easy. then the real work begins. Then the real work begins of getting a contract, and that is not an easy task. No, it, it can be. It can be an arduous task, as we've seen uh, play out. Uh, uh, with Starbucks, but even under the best conditions, um, it, it can be uh, quite a um, it can be quite a slog. Um, and unions have to deploy a number of techniques to kind of move the employer uh, to ultimately agree to that first contract. And that's an important step because what we know is that when unions get first contracts, and as you say, even if that first contract makes incremental change maybe it doesn't bring about everything that the workers wanted uh the fact that you've got that first contract you build on that you, you start to develop a mature that's labor right. management right. relationship yeah you build you build a house and it. you start with the foundation and i yeah. i agree with you but but you just said something interesting and this is where i think some some of the nascent unionized uh workplaces are falling down and that is you have to have a plan right you have to understand that i'm dealing with a corporation that has you know the ability to send you know my boss to that's the, invested to the, to the moon. in not recognizing you <laughs> yeah. correct yes yeah. that has more money than you will ever imagine and can spend it and literally it, it, and we'll, we'll fight to the we'll, nail yeah, we'll fight forever yes. so you have to have a plan to get that first contract and whether that means economic pressure political pressure public pressure whatever it all takes the above all of the above you have to be able to get to that first contract we take for granted a little bit in the building trades that we have a pretty strong economic power and that is to shut off an employer's money supply right but nobody's shutting off amazon's money supply or starbucks or a municipality right money coming in just never ending too big know, to a, fail a spigot yeah right so bob what do you do about that strike me that the very best uh, uh, union organizers, when they're organizing workers, they're, uh, they're keeping in mind that they're not just organizing uh, to get a legal presence in the workplace, but the organizing campaign uh, also includes uh, a strategy for negotiating the first contract. That's right. Uh, and whatever committees are set up, you know, they're going to continue to pursue and, and think through, well, what will these demands be? What And what is practical? What is reasonable in this setting? Uh, any allies that you've developed along the way in, in terms of organizing workers, those allies need to be, you know, at, at your side when you uh, get into bargaining. Uh, and you have to think, I think, very holistically, uh, you know, what's the regulatory environment uh, look like? 
um, uh, so that it's a three, really 360 approach. It has to uh, be. Absolutely. It yeah. has to be. Yeah. And and for, for unions that don't do it, you know, I hate to say it, but it's a little bit of shame on you. It's like, hey, rah, rah, we're going to join the union. And all of a sudden, people are waiting and waiting. Now they're getting decertified. Now they're losing some elections. Yeah. Now they're losing interest. Now all of a sudden, then it gives the union a bad name. Like, hey, they were ineffective. Or yeah. they did nothing for me. And, you know, even though they could say, well, we didn't take a penny in dues, you still didn't really do anything. Yeah, you, you got to prepare for the battle. Spot, you shine the spotlight. I mean, I got in trouble. Yeah. You they're, know, they're, I got fired. They're not going to give it away. The yeah, employer, so, you got you to be ready for a fight. So anyway, uh, we got to go. Cause I, I yeah. talk, Bob, we could talk about this forever, and I want to talk I, about this. I was so. just going to say, though, it, it seems like, is, is there reason to be hopeful, though, Bob, in your opinion, about <laughs> as more and more young people, especially millennial generations, Gen Z, whoever, uh, is is very vocal in in their support for unions as that generation gets into office and becomes policymakers. Do you do you think that there's an opportunity for the pendulum to swing back towards a worker where they will have empowerment and they will be able to have actual penalties that will force employers to the bargaining table and to agree to contracts? Yeah, look, there are a number of things to be really optimistic about, and we know that a lot of uh, public opinion polling, some that's come out just recently, um, uh, is very supportive. The union's uh, approval ratings for unions is very high, and it's even higher. It's over, it's over eighty uh, percent for the youngest uh, of, uh, of workers, uh, and, and and those workers also are folks who show a real uh, political sophistication. They, they they tend to be active uh, in political circles. They're engaged in a number of social. Causes so they, they seem to have fully understood that uh, organized labor is an important institution, and frankly, it's become a lot harder uh, for younger people, particularly uh, Generation Z. Uh, perhaps um, they're coming out of school with more debt. It can be it can be more challenging with high inflation uh, to buy a home to start a family. Um, I think they've seen the income inequality that has just increased to such shameful uh, levels. Um, they understand that the labor movement is an institution that can empower them in the workplace. And so you're seeing people like cultural workers in Chicago, people at nonprofits, sure. uh, Absolutely. Uh, you know, working, working in coffee houses. Yes, or, or museums and not-for-profits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, you're, right. you're 100% yeah. right about this. I, I think that is a... A, a nice way to end this, Phil, it is an optimistic yeah. point, and, and we have to be optimistic, but we also have to get out and work really, really hard. Labor has to work hard. I yes. Mean, it is what it is. We gotta, we gotta do, use every tool in the tool shed to, to get what we need to get, and that is better labor laws, more punishment for people that break the laws, you know, a friendlier environment to organize, and, you know, I think we're on our way yeah. just 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 level the playing field but level the like, playing field. make give it fair a, yeah, a, make just, it so it's not yeah. all stacked in the employer's favor <laughs> which is give us a fair shake exactly that's yeah. all we're asking for bob thank you so much yeah. for taking the time to come on I, we, I i can't tell you how much we appreciate it well thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to, to chat with both of you and we appreciate having the program out there Yes, awesome. All right. Happy Labor Day. Yeah, happy Labor Day, Bob. You've been listening to uh, Bob Bruno, Professor Bob Bruno, um, and the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. Sitting next to me is Phil. Phil, thanks for sitting in today. My pleasure. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, 
big Labor Day weekend. I really, honestly, I, I learned something I didn't know. I, and I'm going to kind of research it a little bit more. I thought it was really interesting what uh, Professor Bruno had to say about the origins of Labor Day. Yeah, it starts with us. I mean, we, yeah. gotta, we can't just have a drink our beers and eat our hot dogs and burgers. We gotta, well, we're going to do that. We're going to do that, yeah. but also we yeah. need to inform and educate our friends and so family. So here's, here's a couple quick things. We have, we have literally like three minutes left. I have a gift card, um, and here's how you can win it. You can contact uh, the workers, Mike. Uh, I don't care if you send an email to WGN, you can call the Midwest Coalition of Labor, or you can simply hit us up on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok, I think we have. I don't know. You you figure out the way to get a hold of of us and uh, come up with, just tell us how you are celebrating Labor Day. And we'll pick one random uh, winner and you will have a gift card, but I forget what it's worth. It's worth between fifty and a hundred bucks. You're really selling this. I'm really selling this. Yeah, so you're gonna get a mystery gift card that's worth at least fifty, not more than a hundred. All right. To where? Oh, it's like a Visa gift card. Or oh, okay. Like that. okay. It's basically so cash. It's cash, baby. Yeah, yeah. Or I could just send you some cash. Straight cash, homie. Yeah, and that's brought to you by Ken Edwards. What a good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a decent dude. So, all right. Uh, let's have a quick union made Labor Day. Ready? Yes. What kind of hot dogs are we gonna eat? I'm looking through the list right now, just for our listeners. These are union-sanctioned encased meats that you can enjoy with <laughs> friends and family. Union-encased meats. <laughs> Ballpark Franks. Butterball Turkey. Dearborn brand. What is Dearborn brand? I have no brand? idea. Empire Kosher Chicken and Turkey. Farmer John. Don't, I, don't know. Foster um, Farms Poultry. Yeah. Hormel Beef. Hormel. Everyone yeah, knows Hormel. Omaha Steaks. Those are expensive. Um, Hebrew National, I think, is on there. Hebrew National is on the list. Yeah. Um, you can, by the way, you can just Google uh, Union Made Labor Day products. Um, you can hashtag Union Made. Is Vienna not on that list? I don't I don't think so, unfortunately. Mm. But now let's talk about the most important thing, and that is... Beer. What beer are you going to drink? Ready? And for you, white wine spritzers. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Bass Pale Ale, uh, Bud, and... Bud Light, oof! Your favorite beer? Uh, oh, everybody loves Bud Light. Uh, Coors Light, Killian's Irish Red. What else? Landshark Lager for our Jimmy Buffett fans out there. <laughs> Mad River Jamaican Red Ale. Yeah, uh, good luck finding that. MGD for our White Sox fans. Sam Adams, of course. Wall to wall union. And then if you are not a drinker, which is fine, uh, there is Barks Root Beer, Dr Pepper, Coca Cola, and Pepsi. All their products. All Union Maze. So we got to roll. Everybody have a safe uh, Labor Day. We will see you next week right here on The Worker's Mic on 720 WGN. The preceding episode of The Worker's Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.